0: Welcome into the Invest Well Show. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm not sure what you're doing today or where you're at, you know, whether you're quarantining yourself home or out in the golf course, depending on where you live. (laughs) You know, Randy, it's a luxury from time to time. I was actually up visiting with a buddy of mine, Troy Maxwell, great guy. He's the pastor of Freedom House Church, multiple campus church in Charlotte. North Carolina, and he he calls me up and says, Hey, come on up, man. We're still playing golf up here. So Uh I fly up. We play a little bit of golf and uh, single-card it, which doesn't make any sense because you don't stand by each other at all in the tee box. (laughs) So, uh, But at the end of the day, we were following the rules. We were uh, 15 feet apart, kidding, of course, (laughs) and had a great time playing some golf. But I hope you're having a great day. I'm really excited for you as you listen to this podcast. We're going to talk today about the idea of how this current crisis should change the way you invest. Not will it, but it should. So if you really want to be in a place where you are prepared for the new economy, you know, we've been talking, Randy, and I've been talking for a long time about this whole idea of the new economy, the new economy, investing in the new economy. Mm-hmm. Well, now we are in a place because the coronavirus, COVID-19, and the government shutdown, which in my opinion is is way off the charts and overkill in a lot of ways, and that's not for this this conversation now. But because of that, because of what's happened, it has literally caused us not only now, but also in the future to live in a new economy. And we're going to see massive changes with businesses, with regulation, with taxes, and with all of these kinds of things, especially with all of the government overreach that we're seeing today, as we see the government come in and bail companies out and give these PPP loans and other types of loans and things like that. So we live in a new economy, folks. And if you don't know it, know it now. And I'm telling you, you have to change the way you invest. We're going to talk about that on this show today. And ready? I'm excited because I think this is something that, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to go on? But nobody's really talking about the idea of your investment structure and style and actually investing differently, thinking in a different way. It's like, uh, I can't remember the one movie where the guy comes home, he's like, Grandpa's got a whole new bag. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the old song, Papa's got a brand new bag. (laughs) There you go. Papa's got a brand new bag. See, I'm thinking of the the wrong thing. I'm thinking of a movie. It's a song. But you understand what I'm saying there? Sure. I mean, when you think what
1: drives the economy, companies drive the economy. And if companies have to make significant changes to how they do what they do, that's going to change the way we invest? You think about airlines. How long is it going to take before we think about really getting on an airplane the way we used to? And maybe now we do a lot more video conferencing. And Mm -hmm. is is Las Vegas going to have the same economy they have with all the conferences that they have? I don't know. I was reading an article this morning about the oil industry. The amount of travel that we do right now, there's a lot of people that say, hey, we can make this work by working from home. Maybe that clears out some
0: roads, and that changes the, the usage that we have of oil. Listen, listen, it does clear out some roads, Randy. And not only that, I mean, think about it like this. You're in a place where if you have a company, okay, and your company is paying lease for your real estate mm-hmm. and you're paying five, six, eight, 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever thousand or more a month, you know, it could be 50, 100,000 a month, depending on the size of your property or more, right? And so you're in a place where you're paying all of this money every month in lease. I mean, think about it. If you're paying $20,000 a month in lease for a decent sized space, depending on where you are in the country, That's $240,000 a year or $2.4 million spent in 10 years if the lease doesn't go up, by the way, which it always does typically by 3 to 5% a year. So at the end of the day, you're spending all of this money every single month and you're realizing, wait a minute, we can just ramp up and maybe we can pay for people's internet at home. Maybe we can pay here. Maybe we can pay there. Buy some equipment that's maybe one-time purchase or buy it one time and then refurbish that equipment in five years. Right. And you're in a place where you're saving yourself a lot of money every year yep. and just cost that's going out the door. Or maybe you do need an office, but you realize that, you know, it's not essential. We're, we're throwing this word essential around. It's not essential that everybody that's typically coming to the office actually needs to be there. You know, maybe your graphics design department, as long as they do what they need to do, they can work from their patio at home, yeah. drink their iced tea and get their stuff. As long as they get their stuff done, and oh, by the way, if they don't get their stuff done, if you're worried about that, guess what? There's going to be a lot of people out there that you can go shopping to look for that have great talent that are looking for a wonderful job.
1: And how many of these people really do need to be on payroll? Maybe you can use them as ICs, and that cuts down on your benefit packages. I mean, there's a lot of different things to take into consideration
0: here. Yeah, and ICs, he's, talk- he's not talking about incontinence, all right? <laughs> he's talking about independent contractor, just so you
1: know. <laughs> okay. Well, one of the things, you know, Michael— I know you're getting a little older, Randy, yeah, so— Yeah, well, you, you know, know these things, things that's, start— that's to, you know, they start to pop up every now in conversation and that's just not a good thing <laughs> there you go there you go well when we talk about investing michael i mean there are people that you know they probably had a portfolio built you know six yeah. months ago one year ago five mm-hmm. years ago and then they look at it now and say hey the whole world has changed yeah should i be changing the way i invest
0: well and the answer is yes you know i mean i think the simple short answer is yes if you're not paying attention to this fact You're not paying attention. You know, it's just like with the whole idea of 2008, people were in a place where they started to reevaluate how they were investing, what they were investing in, and what it looks like. And we're going to have a show upcoming, by the way, a little side note here that's going to be called Investing in Essentials. So you're going to be going to be on the lookout for that in the future that's coming out. We're going to talk about just what some of those essentials are and how you can take advantage of investing in some of those essential things in our new economy. But, yeah, I mean, you got to reevaluate what you're doing, Randy, because at the end of the day, uh, things have changed. And if you don't believe, listen, as you're listening to this show, if you do not believe that the economy and that businesses are going to change in the future, and you just really believe that everything's just going to come back as it was, you are living in a false reality. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, you are living in a false reality if that's the way you think. You just are. I mean you talked about Randy which is absolutely true the only thing that moves the economy is businesses cuz the government is a receiver that's all they do they receive money in taxes from local businesses now they do spend money right the government does spend money but a lot of times the ways that that money gets spent and jobs get done and things get you know fixed or or built or whatever are by small company businesses or businesses in general. So the government is taking money from the country and spending it on businesses that can perform a service or a job that they need, which puts money back into the economy. So at the end of the day, it's kind of the circle of life, if you will. And uh, there was a song about that back in the day by somebody kind of popular. And, you know, the reality of it is businesses are the economic engine in the country. Everybody thinks, Randy, about these big, large, massive companies. But, you know, 50 percent of the economic movement in the country comes from 50 percent comes from small business, mom and pop under 100 employees. That's where 50 percent of the economic engine in this country comes from. And it's important. And I think
1: that that is a part of our economy that is really taking a hit right now with the shutdown. And when you think about what you have, maybe you have a mutual fund and you look inside of there and there are stock. there's 200 different things inside yeah. of there. And there might be restaurants, there might be airlines, there might be transportation, there might be oil, there might be all these different things that are taking a huge hit right now. And we may come out on the other side of this three, six months, a year from now, very, very different. I'm going to play you a clip here, Michael, from Jan Niffen He's an expert in the retail area. You've probably heard that this event could be the death of the mall. And this is what he says. I think that tsunami that someone mentioned is, is real. We're going to see a lot of bankruptcies both in restaurants and in retailing. And that's inevitable. I mean, if there are 600,000 plus restaurants, we could see 100,000 close. If there are 500,000 stores, we could see 30,000 close. I've been saying to you forever that we're going to see 300 malls fail. Now I think we could see four or 500 malls fail. Well, Michael, you talk about sector investing, and if some of the sectors that you're involved in right now are retail, that's something to probably reconsider right now.
0: Yeah, no, it, it is, Randy. And listen, this has been something that's been coming anyways, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of COVID-19, this is something that we've been seeing happening anyways with this whole idea of, you know, the blow up of the Internet, people getting more online, people people having access to more devices. I mean, you can you can put on an Apple Watch right now, And I'm wearing an Apple Watch right now. It's telling me my heartbeat is in line, so I'm very excited about that. (laughs) But, you know, you can buy an Apple Watch and tell Siri to go buy something. Hey, go buy, you know, I don't want to say it right now because then I'll get a package at my door, you know, my watch. (laughs) But that's what happens today, and you can't do that by going to the mall. So this is something that's happened. Amazon has changed the game in a lot of ways, and there's other retailers, Walmart and others, that are are paying attention to online now more than they used to. So, you know, this whole idea of convenience shopping – is a big deal now there's still that experience that you get you know going to the mall or going to some type of an outdoor outlet obviously that experience of you know walking around and seeing other people and you're not there by yourself and you can try clothes on uh, i know randy you love to try clothes on oh I know I my do too. favorite thing love it yeah, love it, it. <laughs> i'm going to take 15 outfits <laughs> and see which one best fits my shoulders, try it on. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. Kidding, of course. Now, I'd rather go to the rack, pick something up, and be like, you know what, I'll try this on at home. If it doesn't fit, I'd rather return it. Mm -hmm. Which, when you think about it, doesn't make any sense, because it actually takes a lot longer than just taking five minutes and trying the stinking shirt on, right? That's right. But at the end of the day, we are in a place where we've become accustomed already to shopping convenience, right, And, and utilizing these delivery modes where whatever we order magically just shows up at our door. Santa Claus at the door every three seconds. It's like, you know, And now I'm in a situation where like every other day I got a box from Amazon sitting on the front door. It's like Christmas has lost its excitement. (laughs) I mean, it's like, why do we have to have Christmas and get gifts whenever uh, we can get a gift every other day at the door? It's like, wow, this is amazing. Thank the Lord that Christmas is actually about Jesus Christ instead of gifts anyway, so that does help. But at the end of the day, you know, when we take a look at what's happening economically— When we take a look at social habits of people, you know, Fauci's out there talking about social distancing and we're going to have to stay six feet apart until 2052, which I think the guy is off (laughs) his rocker in my personal opinion. I think we need to start a campaign called Fire Fauci because he's real far away from the facts. And that's for another conversation. But at the end of the day, when you look at the whole idea of where people like to shop, how people like to shop, not even just the COVID-19 thing, but we live in a world where it's so busy today we're so fast-paced we want it right now i'm literally ready this is not even a joke this wasn't even for the show i'm literally sitting here in my studio looking out and there's one two three four five amazon prime trucks (laughs) that just drove by i'm we're recording this show i don't even wednesday at and there's one ups truck (laughs) So five Amazon Prime and one UPS trucks driving by right now. I just looked at them, and I'm I'm in a situation where I'm saying, okay, it's, it's 10.06 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday morning. And so I'm in a place where I'm saying April 29th. This is just more evidence of exactly – I mean, what are the odds yeah. that five Amazon trucks are driving by at this moment? So people are changing the way they shop. And and there will be some open shopping malls, but we are never going to see shopping malls like they used to be. In my opinion, one of the things that we're going to see, and we're already starting to see it in some areas, shopping malls are starting to get repurposed. Mm -hmm. They're starting to get repurposed into things like continuing care retirement communities, CCCRs, assisted living type facilities. You know, just different types of things that they can repurpose them into because these are big, massive pieces of real estate that are just too expensive. And if retailers can be in a place where they can sit with a, you know, a storage shed of inventory and ship product without having to spend lots of money to have a retail store and they can actually have their store and shop online, which people are used to now, that's what's going to happen. Last thing I'll say on that, Randy, and then I want you to jump in. I know we got Mm -hmm. another clip that we want to share, but think about it like this for a minute. So think about it, you know, many of you know, or if you don't know, you'll know now, I did national media, I commentated on national media for about six years, right? CNBC, Fox Business, Bloomberg, wrote for the Wall Street Journal, and by the way, there's three more Prime trucks that just went by, (laughs) uh, and wrote for a lot of other media. And what was interesting was back in 2000 and kind of 10, 11, when I started in media, even 12 in, in those years, YouTube, was considered like, oh, you watch the video on YouTube? Oh, that's cool. You know, good for you. It's kind of like, you know, oh, you guys bought the generic brand. good for you. You know, that kind of – that's how people felt, right? Mm -hmm. Now YouTube is – I mean, they got YouTube TV. I mean, there's people – it's the number two shop search engine in the world. So – When someone goes and they look for information now, it's like, okay, I'm going to go to YouTube and find it. It's no longer like, okay, I'm going to go and watch just the national media. I'm going to go look at social media as well and see what they're saying. So it's now a credible source because of just time and consistency and comfortable comfortability with the process. That's exactly what's happened with this whole idea of shopping even before COVID-19. And And then you couple with that the fact that these retailers and these real estate places have to actually shut down and eliminate people from coming. No, I mean, that's that's like the perfect storm.
1: Yep, and all of this should reflect the way we place our money within our investments. Now, you touched on something a little earlier there, Michael, and that was the taxation and the, how the taxes yep. drive what the government is doing. And, you know, we, this is not a political show. You may believe that the government has done too much. You may believe that the government did just enough or that they're doing great things with throwing the safety net out there. I think
0: the government shouldn't have done anything in the first place, Randy. That's okay. my personal opinion. I think we should have taken the Sweden approach— mm-hmm. That's going to sound very uh, contrary. But listen, quarantine the sick and let the healthy people stay out. That's what every normal society does. That's Somebody said to me, let's go back to biblical times to leprosy. What
1: did they Correct. do? They put them on an island there and they let the healthy people do their thing and they, yeah. they kept the sick people away. Anyway, so one of the two things- Two more prime trucks. Exactly, and, and, and two more <laughs> shows that we're also touching <laughs> on here too. But anyway, one of the things, we talk about the tax base and how much money has gone out. Six trillion dollars so far, maybe more coming. What kind of an effect does that have on us taxation-wise in the future. Leon Cooperman had an opinion on that on CNBC.
0: Capitalism as we know it will likely be changed forever. When the government is called upon to protect you on the downside, they have every right to regulate the upside. Taxes have to go up quickly if Biden wins, slowly if Trump wins, but taxes have to go up. So things like carried interest, capital gains taxes, uh, the uh, ability to roll over real estate sales tax-free, all that stuff is going to have to be eliminated
1: capitalism is changed forever. That's a pretty strong statement, but it kind of you know, goes along with what you've been saying today, Michael.
0: Well, it's true. It's not even just a statement. It's true. Listen, I've kind of said from the very beginning. In fact, I posted some stuff on Facebook. If you guys want to watch, I'd love for you to go there and watch the Michael D Wall page on Facebook and Wall Private Wealth. There's a lot of great things there as well, videos that we've done talking about markets and commentary. U.S. Private Wealth is another spot. You, if you haven't known, we have, I have three companies: U.S. Private Wealth, Wall Private Wealth, Wall Lehman. All companies designed to help families protect, grow, and reduce taxes under wealth. By the way, if you want to learn more, you can just go to Lean on the Wall. Dot com, But I've been talking about this for a long time, Randy. Capitalism has changed. There's no doubt about it. And I really believe that this whole COVID-19 thing is a power grab. It's an absolute power grab. Now, I know that gets into conspiracy theory, but I, I believe in a lot of that stuff. When you talk about the idea of the Federal Reserve being created, you know, the creature from Jekyll Island, that book, talking about the Fed being created as a private company back in the day that has never been audited, that is not part of the federal government, and that buys treasuries you know, prints money and buys treasuries to infuse money into the economy. And on every single dollar bill that you or any other person in the country has, it says a Federal Reserve note, which is a loan. So the Federal Reserve literally owns every single thing that you've purchased. What you have bought in your lifetime, I know this sounds crazy, but has been a loan from the Federal Reserve. So the Federal Reserve being a private company, not part of the federal government, what if they decide to call the loan? We want all our money back, all our money that we loaned you over the last 80, 90 years. We want it back. Well, good luck with that. Guess what? All of a sudden, the elitist group that is in power of the Federal Reserve owns the United States of America. We are owned citizens. I know that sounds crazy, but that's really what's going on, people. If you get your head out of the sand. And one of the things that we got to know is this whole idea of even social distancing from the beginning. I mean, one of the worst things that you can do to build your immune system is stay indoors and worry. One of the best things that you can do is get outside, get active, get vitamin D, take vitamin A and vitamin B and vitamin C, right? And get active. And oh, by the way, it's okay to get some germs on you because that's one of the ways that your immune system grows. Now, if you're sick in the first place, obviously you want to quarantine and protect yourself. But here we are with Trump doing some amazing things initially with the economy. And then he's listening to this guy, Fauci, which, by the way, has been around for four administrations. And he's on the board and connected as well with Bill Gates, if you want to go down that conspiracy trail at some point on your own. So I believe that this whole economic process, this whole COVID-19 process, this whole idea of here's what we're going to do. We're going to shut businesses down is an absolute power grab. And so Trump is trying to do his best. He's been fighting against noise since he's been elected, by the way. Okay, and he's trying to do his best to be in a situation where he's trying to listen to the quote unquote experts. But yet a lot of doctors and a lot of other people throughout the country are saying this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. And hospitals are getting paid more now, we're realizing, uh, from the CDC and things like that for diagnoses of COVID-19 and if people are on a respirator and things like that. So at the end of the day, this is not just a new economy. This is a power grab. And uh, the gentleman that shared that thought is absolutely right. Listen, if the government, the government that gives you everything is the government that can take everything away. So if, here's the material point and fundamental point that you can walk away with practically and say, OK, what should I be doing? Well, what you should be doing is saying, you know what, if you're just getting the advice from your advisor to says, you know what, just hang in there. It's going to come back. Don't worry about it. Everything comes back in the future. That's history. That's historical advice. This is not the kind of advice you need right now. And if you're okay with just absorbing and drinking down that kind of advice, then you're going to be the one that's going to pay the consequences in your portfolio in the future. Not your advisor, not their company, not someone else, but you. So unless you're willing to make changes with your own portfolio, you are going to reap the consequences of just status quo. Because what has worked in the past will not work in the future, number one. Number two, got to be in a situation that if you have not taken the lens of going down the road of doing some advanced tax planning on your portfolio, you have to start doing that. You have to start looking for ways that you can reposition monies out of IRA-type accounts and even 401k accounts that you can roll over to IRAs. you got to get money out of those accounts, in my opinion. And the reason is, again, this is my opinion, but the reason is, I believe, because those are accounts that the government has said, listen, we've given you the ability to have a huge tax break over the course of your life by putting money away and not paying any taxes along the way. Well, they look at those accounts as partial ownership. And we know that because back in the early 90s, they exercised what was called an excise tax on IRA accounts. So listen, folks, if you don't think the government has said, hey, listen, we've given you all these opportunities. We're sitting here in an ivory tower. We're real smart. And uh, the only reason you were able to do what you did is because of us. I mean, even Obama himself said you didn't build that. So if you don't believe that that's the way the deep state thinks, you're delusional. You really are. you got to step back and say, this. I have to do something differently. I have to invest differently. I have to think about protecting my wealth more today than I ever have before. I have to think about exercising and implementing advanced tax strategies like I never have before. And it's so important, Randy, and people just aren't doing that. And that's one of the reasons that we put out the content that we do, even some of the articles for Forbes and things and other things in general, even this show, to help people say, listen, wake up. Here's some sound thinking. You don't have to apply everything that we suggest and do, but it's at least going to help you think more soundly and clearly in the process of what you should be doing with your money. So the name of the article in Forbes coming is How the Current Crisis Should
1: Change the Way You Invest. And I want to underline the word should in that particular sentence there, just kind of what we've been talking about today. Michael, great stuff. And I
0: think we'll bring the the message to a close for today. Absolutely. Well, Randy, thanks so much for uh, dialing in. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And hey, everybody, listen, at the end of the day, if you have questions, feel free to go to leanonthewall.com. Again, lean on the wall, just as it sounds, leanonthewall.com. Reach out to our team. As always, you can find us on Facebook by going to Wall Private Wealth, or if you just want to follow on Instagram, it's at Michael D Wall. You can follow me there as well. And as always, we want to challenge you to live on purpose so you can live with purpose and share this show with someone that needs to hear it. They need a little wake-up call. They need some help to think differently to maximize their investments long-term. Have a blessed day. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Any client experiences discussed during this show are unique to that client. They are not meant to imply or suggest you will experience the same results. By contacting us, we'll review aspects for your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of U.S. Private Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Pass Performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Wall is licensed in your state, please contact his office. Wall Private Wealth Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency, and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael Wall, NPN license number 733. 733- 0010.